Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take your business to the next level. It gives you a chance to not only do the remodeling business, but also reflect on the business and really think about strategies and ideas that really are relevant to some of these interesting and changing times. For about the last nine months, I've been focusing on the topic of remodeling sales. I've tried to look at sales at a thousand foot, hundred foot, and one foot level, very tactical at times. But for the most part, we're looking at, you know, dealing with, I think, many of the situations, environment, and symptoms more than fundamentally you looking in the mirror at yourself. Today, I want to have uh, sort of a different kind of session. This session is really titled, How Sales Fit Are You? And just like when it comes to your personal health and fitness, occasionally you've got to go to the doctor and get a fitness checkup. And I think what's interesting about this, as I discovered many, many years ago, what you think and what other think thinks is sales fit is really potentially quite different. Now, this particular podcast is going to be done in two parts. Today, I'm going to really focus on the topic of sales fitness. I'm actually going to take you through a fitness checkup. Now, this fitness checkup can be used, obviously, by you, but just as, or more importantly, if you have a sales team, it's a great way for you to take inventory and for them to take inventory themselves in terms of their, their sales fitness. But part one is going to be focusing on taking the fitness checkup. Part two, which I will follow up probably within a week to two weeks after this, is really going to be focusing on the topic of what do you do about it? What do these scores that you're going to come up with mean? Uh, and therefore, how do you go about improving and becoming healthier and fit? What I learned many, many years ago when I wrote my first book on a 30-day remodeling business program is that it's great to talk about how do you go about improving, but when you don't fundamentally know what fit is in the first place, it's very, very hard to do that. And what I realized when I wrote that series, I needed to really create a way to create some sort of alignment in terms of what was fit. And that's when I wrote my second book, which was focused on how fit is your business, which is a 10-point checkup on business fitness. Now, I'm adapting that same methodology as we're talking today on looking at sales in the same sort of way. So what I've come up with is 10 criteria. And I will walk you through kind of the rules of the game of how to go about taking this fitness checkup. However, just to be clear, this fitness checkup, and when it comes to being fit in sales, it's really much, much more about being healthy in sales and not just landing a big plane. I think sometimes we have a tendency to do a lot of high fives when we have a particular quarter or a particular year of strong sales, but when we really are honest about it, we're really not necessarily sales fit. We just happen to be in the right place, 
the right time, the right environment, some really strong tailwinds coming in, and therefore we have a kind of almost an illusion that we're sales fit. So this is about being healthier in sales, not just better results. This is also much more about kind of how do you position yourself long-term, not just short-term streaks or short-term hits. So if you're looking to fix things that you can see a better outcome next week or next month, this may or may not help. It's also about being balanced and, and not necessarily, you know, just having some special talents. You know, I'm a big believer as I look and I've spent time with some of the best top gun salespeople in the country. They're very, very balanced. They have a balanced look in terms of how they're looking through kind of the relationships with clients, balanced with their skills, balanced with, you know, kind of being that voice of reason and very easy, even kill. So what I'm trying to do with this fitness checkup is really try to help you create balance and not just uh, particular special talents. And certainly lastly, but not least, this is much more of a movie. It's much more of a movie than it is a snapshot. And as you think about that metaphor, the movie is a continuation of many little snapshots together that ultimately create kind of the overall value and experience. You know, this is also a culmination of a lot of objective insight. I've worked with literally hundreds and hundreds of salespeople over many, many years. So it's really using kind of really hard insights and data, but it's also blending that with more subjective and just knowledge and wisdom that certainly I've experienced over the years. So let's dive in. And as I said earlier, there's going to be two parts to this. Those that are chomping at the bit and frustrated to how do I go about fixing myself, you're going to have to be patient. First step is we get the physical done. We take inventory of you and your salespeople. And like I said, this is about, uh, you know, understanding the topic. Uh, it's also about taking your individual game to the next level, but it's also for sales leaders. It's a tool. It's a device that you can actually coach and work with folks and have something that's relatively objective rather than just very subjective insights that you might have. So with that being said, here's kind of the rules of the game. I'm going to take you through 10 criteria of sales fitness or sales health. Each one I'm going to unpack for you. And then at the end of each one, I'm going to take a just a literally about a five or 10 second pause. And in that pause, that's when I want you to write down the skills, write down the score. Now, the scoring system, and you need to go back and listen to this again, these instructions, is really, really important. So I want you to score 10 being the highest, 0 being the lowest. If you're not sure of an exact number, use a fraction. If you're not sure whether it's 7 or 8, use 7.5. That's totally fine. Because my goal here is to really have you think about the topic, share some insights about it, and obviously, if you're self-scoring yourself as opposed to someone from the outside, then you're going to come up with potentially some different results. So it's important that this is just relative to where you are and try to breathe it in in a holistic way. 
Try also not to just think about this week, this month. Try to think about it a little bit, these topics and these insights, a little bit more holistically. Now, after we finish this, it's going to have 10 different numbers, 10 different scores. Now, I want you to add up those scores, and I will, in the next podcast, I will take you through not only what those scores mean, but most importantly, how do you go down through each of the 10 criteria and improve the particular skill? Because I'm a big, big believer, just like when it comes to our personal health, if our cholesterol is very high and our blood pressure is in a very good place, you need to focus on cholesterol. You need to focus on eating and the diet that takes to get the cholesterol numbers down so ultimately you don't have to get medicated. Sales fitness, sales health is very, very similar to that. You need to focus on the particular scores that are lower so that you can... So after today, you will see some of those lower scores that you can start to discuss and think about the strategies to get better at it. But most importantly, you just kind of hang tight, let breathe it all in, and in the second part to this, I will give you a lot of insights that will help you take your game to the next level. So... With all that being said, let's go ahead and dive in. Again, this is your sales fitness checkup. If you're driving, then just listen to this and kind of reflect on it, but then go back and listen to the recording later when you can actually write down your scores because that will help you, I think, a lot more. So number one in terms of kind of the Mark Richardson sales fitness criteria is are you a student of sales? Student of sales. Now, I'm not using that to be clever. I'm really saying that the best of the best, and quite frankly, the worst of the worst, are either students of sales or they're not. So think about this before you write your number down. I want you to do this on every single score, is think about every single one all the criteria I give you, and then write down your score. So student of sales, do you take time to really work on your sales skills? You know, are you curious about sales and what other people are doing in terms of uh, effective techniques? You know, are you getting coaching? You know, if you think of yourself as a pro, what pro athlete doesn't have coaching, doesn't have a coach. Think about this from a tennis point of view. Ten good pro tennis players, they'll have multiple coaches, not just on skills and not just on fitness, but also on the whole kind of psychology of the game as well. So do you get coaching? Also, do you make time to practice? You know, this sounds almost a little condescending, but I find that in remodeling sales in particular, we don't tend to practice very much. We tend to get in the game and don't practice. So just like in a, a, a football game where once a week the professional maybe plays three hours of football, think about the 30 hours of practice to get that. Now, I know you don't have that blend in your life. However, you do need to practice and you do need to carve out time. And then last but certainly not least, do you really enjoy learning new things? I think that if, in fact, those criteria are there, then you need to score yourself. So, number one, score yourself, 10 being the highest, being a student of sales, 
and zero being the lowest. Okay, number two on our sales fitness criteria is how good or how well do you communicate? You know, fundamentally, you know, uh, sales is all, all about the transfer of feelings. It's all about communication that ultimately kind of move things along. But communication is one of these tricky things that has, I think, some different meaning to it. So I want you to listen to the different parts and pieces and then give yourself a score, 10 being the highest and zero being the lowest. Number one is comfort. You know, you've seen people that are really comfortable communicating and people that are awkward communicating. You know, are you comfortable with communication? Do you use communication techniques like the using the power of three, talking about good, better, best, trying to frame how you go about communicating? So at the end of the day, whoever you're communicating with, whether it's a client or whether it's someone internally, really gets what you're trying to communicate. Do you see communication as a dialogue or a conversation? Um, you know, it's so important, I think, that you really see communication as a two-way street and not just one. You know, have you been able to master certain questions in the sales process? You know, is your communication speed and cadence? Do you think about those kind of things when it comes to communicating? Uh, it's important also to think about how you go about communicating. We've seen some obviously generational differences here, but with some of the generations, some people kind of have lost touch with the high-touch type communication and are just focused on texting or emailing. But are you effective and really determined? Do you know how to leave a world-class voicemail? Also, when it comes, you know, think about this notion of active listening. You know, 80% of the time should be you listening, not necessarily talking. Are you an active listener? And when you're listening, are you listening to them or are you preparing for what you're thinking about saying? Um, always important to kind of be in the moment. Okay, so score yourself, 10 being the highest and zero being the lowest. Number three on my sales fitness criteria is product knowledge. Now, you don't need to be an expert in terms of all the parts and pieces and the renovation and the types of different beams and the finishes, but you do have to be focused on product knowledge. There is a certain level of product knowledge that you need to be to be able to help clients as being the expert or the authority and not necessarily just the peddler. So is your knowledge enough? Is your knowledge enough to be, really be effective? Are you an expert? Can you guide the client through the key decisions or at least connect the dots with them in terms of, of how they need to know? You know, do you know what's most important for them to, to be deciding and understanding about their project uh, at the right time? So give yourself a score, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, 0 being the lowest, on product knowledge. Number four on my criteria is client-centric. You know, the best of the best out there really truly understand it is about the client and not about necessarily the project. 
Yes, you, you're there to create projects. The client didn't call you because they were lonely. They had a project to do. But you need to be very, very client-centric. So again, uh, with this, do you focus on helping them to buy or do you focus on selling them something? You know, I think in remodeling and home improvement, it's a little bit tricky, but you all, if you're client-centric, you're always focused on, are they the right client, not only for this project, but also the right client for your company? Do you sell process, not projects? You know, many that have more of a design-build format, you know, it's very much of a process sale. So you're always setting up kind of the next date in the process. You know, are you willing to walk away when it's not necessarily the right fit in terms of the relationship or in terms of the type of project with a client? Or do you tend to hang in there and try to uh, jam a square peg in a round hole? You know, also... Uh, are you really memorable? You know, are you going into this really creating a deeper relationship with a client and being memorable? So number four of my criteria is client-centricness. Score yourself, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. Number five is focused on money. It's focused on budget. It's focused on your skills and ability to talk money. Now, this is a tricky subject in that I think many people are much, much less comfortable with this. But also, in my nine-step selling process, this is the area that oftentimes people struggle with the most. And at the end of the day, if you don't have the skills to be able to talk about budgeting, talk about the investment, talk about money, it makes it very, very difficult to move them from the ends uh, from the red zone across into the end zone. So again, don't write down a score yet. What I want you to do is just listen for a moment at uh, the criteria. Number one is, are you comfortable talking about money? Now, you have to have some level of knowledge when it comes to product costing and budgeting to be able to talk. But most importantly, you have to have just a comfort to be able to bring up money subjects to client without being nervous and afraid about it. You know, do you know kind of the money language? You know, your clients oftentimes know about financing, first trusts, home equity loans. Do you know the fundamental language to talk about money so that you can at least have a good conversation? You know, do you know how to budget and have budgeting skills? You know, budgeting is very much of a dialogue. It's very much about talking about ranges of cost. But it's also not wasting time and running back and doing detailed estimates when that's not necessary. So it's important to really have budgeting skills. Do you know how to handle uh, very common objections, like your price is too high, or can you give me a breakdown on the cost of these? These are fundamental questions that we all get all the time, and do you know how to handle those objectives? You know, just like with a baseball player who can hit fastballs, occasionally you're going to get curveballs, and if you can't hit the curveball too, you're probably not very valuable as a hitter on the team. And then last but certainly not least, it's also just the fundamental knowledge of being able to talk about money. 
So give yourself a score, 10 being the highest, that you're really comfortable with this and you have the skills, and zero being the lowest. Okay, we're halfway through. So uh, you can certainly pause this podcast or keep rocking and rolling going through it. But I'm going to go through five more criteria. And just as a note, I've been asked many, many times when it comes to my, my business fitness or certainly sales fitness, you know, which of these criteria is most important? And the reality, it's kind of like saying to a parent, which of your children are most important? They're all important. They all fit together like puzzle pieces. So as you think about each one of these, don't discard any single one. Really focus on them holistically. Okay, number six on my uh, sales fitness is uh, your time management skills, your time mastery. You know, the best of the best in terms of sales fit, fitness uh, are very, very masterful at their time. So here's the criteria, is that is your time proactive that you control or reactive that others control? A good rule of thumb for a, a sales master is 80% of their time is proactive and 20% is reactive. So think about that criteria as, you, as you're scoring this. You know, do you have a daily planning system in place? A daily plan is not a to-do list. It's a plan. It's a blueprint for your day, and you've got to spend... 30, 40 minutes at least every single day planning that day if, in fact, you want to be successful. Uh, do you understand the difference between being efficient and being effective? You know, at the end of the day, it's all about being effective. Sometimes you need to go meet or see a client, not just text a client that's more efficient to, to do. So that Understanding the difference between being effective and being efficient when it comes to your time has a lot to do with this particular criteria. Another is you don't waste time, but you also keep your time in balance. The time in balance between the short, medium, and long-term things, the time in balance between the personal and the professional things, you know, those that are time masters really look at their time much, much more holistically if they're going to be successful. So score your business, score yourself, yourself, uh, 10 being the highest on time management or time mastery and zero being the lowest. Okay, number seven is sales skills. Now, sales skills, these blend together quite a bit, but sales skills are actual skills. They're just like music skills, woodworking skills, you know, dance skills, whatever those skills are. These are specific skills that all come together to help make you better. So let me give you a few examples of what I mean by that. Um, are you able to have a um, uh, to have a sales process, but also be able to have, be light enough afoot in terms of it to be able to call audibles that when you need to, you know, you know that there are three common objections that we hear all the time. Are you able to handle those three common objections, or are you like a deer in headlights? Every time a client says, "Wow, this cost is too high," I don't know how to respond to that. 
You know, also your closing skills. It's great to have relationship skills and a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings. But at the end of the day, you've got to put a period at the end of the sentence. You've got to come to closure. You've got to move the ball into the end zone. Do you have really strong closing skills? Do you know how to follow up properly? And you do it consistently, every single client, with the pop proper follow-up skills to be able to ultimately push one more out of 10 or one more out of 10, 20 into the sales process. Uh, also, are you masterful at creating urgency? Now more than ever, there's a lot of distractions out there, and I've certainly talked about skills on how to create urgency, but it's especially important that you have those skills not just to be able to talk about the importance of projects, but how to make the client focus and really treat it with the level of reverence and urgency that it deserves. So score yourself, score your business, 10 being the highest and one being the lowest. Number eight on our fitness checkup is knowing your numbers. Now, Knowing your numbers obviously is different than the skills, it's different than communication, it's different than being client-centric. Knowing your numbers is pretty practical, but again, it's just one of the 10 criteria. Just like when it comes to your personal health, you know, it's not just how much strength you have, how much a, a, a uh, you're able to get out and do exercising, but it's also a lot of the other things, both the psychology as well as some of the diet and other things that make you healthy. Knowing your numbers is one of those things. So what I want you to do before you write down a score, I want you to listen to what the criteria is for this. So you don't have to be geeky about the numbers, but you have to know what the key numbers are. So, for example, if you have like a dashboard in a car, you know that there are three of those indicators or dashboard uh, 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 items that are especially important to keep an eye on. You know you have to keep an eye on the speedometer, you know you have to watch the fuel gauge, and you know you need to know what the temperature of the engine is. Those three things are most important. When it comes to sales, you also need to know what the key indicators are. You don't need to be an accountant or have financial planning knowledge, but you do need to know your numbers. You need to be guided by the facts and not just by the emotions. I mean, how many times, for example, oh, a client's going to sign and then mysteriously two days later, they didn't. You're not necessarily looking at the odds and the statistics of knowing your numbers. You also have to have the right cycle that you look at numbers. This is important. Uh, you should be looking, for example, at sales either monthly or every two-month cycle, every three months, and not on a daily basis. Well, knowing your numbers and looking at your numbers, studying them on the right cycle is very important. It's important that you're adjusting what you're doing when it comes to the numbers, but you don't panic on the numbers. You know, uh, some of the key numbers that you need to be focused on are the lead flow, the appointments, the close rate, the sales, the project types, the average ticket that you're actually doing. Those fundamental numbers have got to become almost part of your day-to-day your -day or week-to-week -week DNA. So score yourself in terms of your focus and your knowledge of knowing your numbers. Okay.
We have two more left to go. We have number nine and number 10. Number nine is sales process. Now, everyone I know that is a top gun has a process. However, out of 10 different top gun salespeople, there's nine different processes that they follow. So having a sales process doesn't mean that your sales process is exactly the same as someone else's, but everyone has a process. So one of the first things that I would ask is, can you write it down? You need to be able to write down your sales process. If you do write it down, that's great, and that also allows you to improve upon it. Uh, Also, uh, do you have uh, the same process every time? You know, it's important to be able to call audibles when you need to, but also not corrupt your process. And does your process have a really clear beginning, which is all about developing the relationship and understanding the scope and the client, kind of a middle, which is all focused on, you know, delivering kind of the direction and certainly the value and working with you, and then an end that's focused on closing and closing techniques. So do you have a sales process? And on a zero to 10, do you master that sales process? Okay, number 10, and certainly not the least, just as I said before, these all fit together like a jigsaw puzzle, is your sales mindset. Now, your sales mindset has a lot of different little threads and legs to it. You know, do you have a positive attitude? You know, it's very important that I think that salespeople look at the glass, you know, half full and not half empty and have that positive attitude. Do you have the right level of work ethic? What you're doing in sales is hard work and you got to have the right mindset in terms of the work ethic. Do you also realize that sales is very much a team sport? You know, it's not about being a narcissist or egotistical about it. You've got to have the right level of empathy and respect for all the others on your team and have the right mindset. Another element that oftentimes we don't think about is the best of the best salespeople know how to get their mojo back. You know, it's not unusual because you're going up and striking out. You're seeing only, you know, one out of out of five that is proceeding probably with you. So what about all those others and all the disappointments that happens sometimes going through sales slump, but the best of the best, they know how to get their mojo back. So that's an important one. Um, Also, being able to handle the no's. Being able to understand that no's are just objections to something and that you just have to solve it and handle it. And last but not least, being that kind of that voice of reason for the client, being that calm, so to speak, in the storm. That's really, really important, I think, uh, mindset to have. So in closing... I've just given you 10 criteria that I'm going to read really quickly for you, just the highlights. And then what I want you to do is I want you to reflect on this. Maybe listen to this recording again. Go back and score yourself on each one. Try to score yourself holistically, but it's also a wonderful exercise if, in fact, you're an individual salesperson to ask whoever the sales leader, the owner of the company, to score you on these things. 
and then you have a conversation. It's not about your score being right or wrong. It's more about creating dialogue so that you can get better. If you're a sales leader, this is a great topic to really spread amongst your sales team and really have them take a sales fitness. So real quickly, number one, are you a student of sales? Number two is communication mastery. Number three is your product knowledge. Number four is are you client-centric? Number five is your ability to talk about money. Number six is uh, your mastery of time. Number seven is your sales skills, the fundamental skills in sales. Number eight is knowing your numbers. Number nine is the sales process. And number 10 is having the right mindset. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this particular podcast. As I said earlier, there will be a follow-up podcast that will come out in the next week or two after you've had a chance to really reflect on this that will be focused on, on really two primary things. Number one, what do these scores mean? So helping you understand kind of the, the urgency of whether you need to go into the hospital and get fixed or you're just fine. And then number two, I'm going to go through each one of these and give you a few tips on how do you go about improving it. A few tips on being better at the particular criteria. Because if you look at this very holistically, you can be sales fit if in fact you look at it through the right pair of lenses. So I want to thank everybody and I look forward to speaking to you soon.